Did you miss us? Yeah. You missed us? Yeah. I missed us too. I missed this. I wonder if they did. I missed it as well. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Medicated Podcast. <laughs> I just realized you weren't asking me. You thought I would. I thought you were going with a joke. No. We're a little rusty. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you answered that question genuinely, though. Yeah, you were looking right at me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like looking into your eyes. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello, everybody. So... Some things happened. Yeah. So if you guys are, are binging, perhaps, and you've you've already listened to the first episode. That, We're so sorry. Yeah, that was filmed a year ago. Yeah. You know, when you live in different cities and you just have a good time hanging out together, you really forget to pull out the mic. <laughs> you forget to sit down for an hour and just chat with the mic around. Yeah, all that was missing was the mic. I feel like we have really great conversations, podcast-like conversations, yeah. and then we just forget about the mic. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. I think, well, also, if we did put a mic in the middle of some of our conversations, everyone involved would need to sign an NDA. Right, 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 right. So we have to keep something safe, you know. Or we would need to really censor ourselves. I feel like we're a little dirty. Names. Mm-hmm expletives <laughs> controversial opinions yeah oh controversial opinions one that really came to to mind when you just said that euphoria <gasps> are we gonna talk about euphoria mm, maybe if you listen to this way later than when it comes out euphoria season two dropped like five weeks ago like mm-hmm. we're in the thick of it into the thick of it into the thick of it Uh Oh, copyright. (laughs) We have... Okay, so it took me three tries to watch episode one of Euphoria. I watched it once. Um, It was Mm -hmm. jarring. It was a lot. I watched it a second time with friends. It was a lot. Right. Still, I had to reprocess it a second time. Then finally, the third time I watched it with the same group of people, we were like going back to watch reruns. of like, oh, what should we just throw on? And we put on that Still very jarring. I don't know why we chose to rewatch episode one of Euphoria. <laughs> over and over Over again. and over again. Twice. But after three tries, uh, I finally started watching it after the two specials, uh, specials came out mm-hmm. for Rue and Jules. So I started watching right when season two came out. I finally pushed myself to actually get through it because I have a problem finishing. I was very impressed. Yeah, I don't finish. The way finish. you did it. I usually get a text like, oh, just started this. And then a, like a month later. <laughs> like, I'm still on episode four. <laughs> Even movies. You'll pick a movie up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll probably get into this later. But the Oscars are next month. and You've been trying really hard to be an Oscar girl. I've been trying really hard. I only am an hour into Don't Look Up. I gave up and I have not found the time to get back to it. I, I loved it. I think I figured you out. I think after an hour... You need like a reset. Like I think you should go back and forth between things because it's always an hour that gets you. Yeah. And then you walk away, but then you walk away like forever. <laughs> I should really learn that in like my personal relationships. <laughs> I should really learn that. Apply that somewhere else. Yeah. Well, no. I also I forget things. I'm scared mm-hmm. to drop something and go back to it later. Like I I paused the movie so I could go and pick somebody up, 
And then I got home and I just never finished watching Don't Look Up. Wow. So that's exactly true. I, it took me many tries to start Euphoria. And then I just, how am I supposed to get back into it now? Like, do I go back 10 minutes? Do I, I do that with all the shows that I just stop watching and give up on. I think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the only show that really? I muscled through because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, you're almost done with Euphoria. You've been watching every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got caught up with Euphoria all the way to the live releases of the newest episodes. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the newest episodes when they release for the past few weeks now. And I watched it slowly, I think over the, a period of like a few weeks and I started watching it live. And now I think the social aspect of, oh, going to a watch party or, or doing something like that keeps me motivated to keep watching. Right. But, oh my gosh, I had to choose between the Super Bowl and Euphoria. Euphoria. You picked the Super Bowl. I did. Bestie, I was so surprised. I'm full when, of surprises. Yeah, I was watching and we got all the way to the halftime show and I never texted you once. I was not going to be rude and do that moment where I was like, are you not watching the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, well, I am. And like be a pick me. I was just watching the Super Bowl and then you texted me. Yeah, I did. Oh, you're watching the Super Bowl. And then you were still there at eight or whatever when Euphoria drops and you were going to stick it to the end. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was. I actually, I was walking. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the halftime show because I was on the streets of Austin walking back to the party i'd left the party and i was walking back during the halftime show and i ran into some people who who i who i know you know mm-hmm. uh know them very well and they were like oh we're gonna go watch euphoria we just picked up pizza and vapes and i was like well, okay. that's, <laughs> that's a watch party that is a watch party for euphoria <laughs> you picked up vapes and, and pizza that's perfect and so i, I didn't get to see the halftime show but yeah I finished till the end I was actually I was rooting for the for the Bengals I think Jim Burrow's really attractive it was really easy to root for them it was oh yeah and a little underdog story and people at the party were saying we'll never root for the underdogs you always get disappointed and I was like how could you say that and then I understood (laughs) why they said that because it ended how it ended I love how I'm treating it like a spoiler like yeah you know how it ended yeah you know but like it's it's not just the looks you know how when people are like why do people like Pete Davidson? He's fucking ugly. It Joe Burrow just has a thing about him. Like, even straight men will be, like, rooting for him. I don't know what it is. Because I googled his sign. Huh? I googled his zodiac sign. And what's his zodiac sign? A Sagittarius. Really? Yeah. Wow. So what is it about him? I've been trying to figure out since the Super Bowl. I don't know why. Just, it, it's so easy to root for him. That's incredibly interesting. I cannot believe you looked up his zodiac sign. Of course I did. (laughs) What do you mean you can't believe it? Of course I did. I didn't realize it was readily available. I know birthdays are available for almost anything. Right. Like I don't know his chart, but like I I bet you could. We could probably find it. You probably can. But um, I was just wondering why it's so easy to like him because honestly, for girls, it's not entirely looks. If you want to talk about Pete Davidson. Or, like, girls really like old white men actors for some reason. <laughs> it's just something. That's true, actually. There's just a personality trait that's out there. That, there's some sort of charisma. Or... Right. It's a secret that I don't think I'm allowed to know yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out. 
What is it about Pete Davidson? <laughs> Imagine, imagine you you take like hallucinogenic drugs and you finally right. you get to talk to God. Yeah, you get to talk to the universe, and what you decide to ask isn't like what's the meaning of life. It's why is Pete Davidson so hot? Like what is like, actually about him? What does he do? Honestly, he got Kim K. Yeah. So like, why do pretty girls like ugly guys so much? Like, what's the secret? That's a hot girl question. Right. But the thing is, Joe Burrow's not even ugly. But he's, he's not. He's not everybody's type. But there's just something. There is. I, I completely agree. I feel like we might sound clinically insane, to, But I, I do believe there's something in... Um, I think there's something about people that have confidence in themselves. Right. Like Jim Burrow. Obviously, you know, I, I don't think he was arrogant. Like, oh, we're going to win. Yeah. I, I, I don't think... No, I don't that, think I'll so. never know, but... Uh, well, I wouldn't say arrogant. I would say he... You know what he did? Hmm. The, something the witchy girls are gonna like he was very affirmational mm. he was very um putting it out into the universe you know you should have tried a little bit harder yeah <laughs> uh when he fell and hit his knee and then when the the commentator was like we have just been told Jer Bur joe burrow waved away the athletic trainers i was like oh period that <laughs> That I felt a heartbeat. He's fine. He's fine. I felt a heartbeat somewhere outside my heart. Same thing with well, my heart dropped when when he fell on his knee. Well, he God, like that, screamed out. Yeah, that replay. Oh, that broke my heart. The other thing that broke my heart. Yeah, that's right. I don't discriminate. Was it Odell Beckham Jr.? That broke my heart. My heart went. He was literally like crying. It was awful. I'm sorry. I was too distracted about um, Drake's like million dollar bet. Oh my god. I was just laughing at the fact that at, at that point I was like, yeah, they're gonna lose, and then Drake's gonna lose his bet. I Drake bet a million dollars on uh, the Rams winning. <sighs> Damn, I didn't know. And that. on Odell Beckham Jr. like getting a certain amount of yards. Mm, that see, that's a pretty. Uh, what's the word? That's a pretty advanced bet to make. Like that's like, <laughs> let me think about just these plays and how many yards he's gonna win and oh his stats and the the stats stats behind football players and stocks both equally confuse me. Like my brother's fantasy football league, he'll oh I'll never forget. I tried to do it when who was it? It wasn't Tom Brady, but there was a Colts player. He was on the Colts at the time that was incredibly talented. And my mm -hmm. brother was like, you'll make your team, Leah. And I'm 10. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I think he just wanted to see, like, he, he was just doing it for himself. Uh -huh. But there was a very popular player at the time. And I remember his name, but not right now. Um, and I had him on my team. And my brother mentioned, like, oh, yeah, he gets a lot of yards. And I was like, wait. wait this isn't minute. just making your dream team, like, Ocean's Eleven. Like, you actually have to put together like oh they're gonna get yards and they're gonna rush and they're gonna how many tackles and sacks and points and field goals like are you lying i liked your oceans 11 reference thank that was, you that was really smooth like you just put together the dream team and and, and leave i thought that's what it was like the, the computers would just be like okay I, I didn't think into the details <laughs> i didn't think the fantasy football league would actually do things i thought well, it was just a dream team you just reminded me the way your brother tried to get you to do that so young I'm going to make Henry, my four-year-old cousin, mm -hmm. I'm going to make him do a March Madness bracket. Jesus. Because I, he, every single time there's a game on that he's watching, will tell him, pick a team. Who do you think's going to win? He never misses. <gasps> Is he like the elephant? Even. <laughs> the elephant that, like, kicks the ball and he always gets it right? Have you seen that? No. 
There's like a psychic elephant and he likes to like kick kick stuff and he'll be like, Okay, who's gonna win the Super Bowl this year? This or this or No, literally, yeah. And he kicks it in the direction of whichever team he wants and he doesn't miss. Yeah, that's Henry. Okay, perfect. We were watching March Madness last year and there was a huge upset with um this Christian college and like a number two seed and like ninety seven or something like that percent of people had this team losing. Ooh. And Henry was like, purple, purple. And we're like, no. Don't you're, say that. You're so funny, Henry. Like, you don't get it. Tell me why they won. They did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And ever since then, he always gets it right. And I asked him, like, three days after the Super Bowl, did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Who won? Just see if you remembered. Blue team. And I said, who did you want to win? Blue team. I, I think Jim like, Burrow needs to take affirmational notes from your, from your cousin. <laughs> So I'm literally going to make him a March Madness bracket and just see how well he does. Like, all he needs is colors. Like, he doesn't need stats. He doesn't need yards. He doesn't need who's on what team, what place are they in. He just needs colors. Perfect. Colors and vibes. See, colors and vibes gets you really far in life. Mm -hmm. Look at Euphoria. (laughs) Back on Euphoria. I did not give up. I have not given up. Euphoria. (laughs) (laughs) talk like this all the time yeah but like this is podcast talk to me yeah and we circle back yeah we're tying it all in yeah okay euphoria euphoria (laughs) i can't with it you had i had to choose you know between one and the other uh this past sunday when it was the super bowl and euphoria and i chose the super bowl Mm -hmm. albeit i missed the halftime show and I watched, I think, Euphoria the next day. Memes were sublime. I mean, everybody watches Euphoria, but it took me all those tries to get caught up and get started, and finally I'm in the groove of it because I have social validation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get to look at the memes, and oh, I get to go to watch parties, and you know all this stuff. I think my opinion has changed just a tad with these past two episodes, For the longest time, I did not think anyone had any idea about what they were doing. I think that now... America, my jaw dropped. What? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) I realized they couldn't hear my jaw dropping. (laughs) Why is your jaw dropping? Because you agree or you don't agree? I agree. Thank you. You're just shocked I said it aloud? Mm Mm-hmm. I think they have no idea what they're doing, but now after this past episode, I think they really think that Euphoria can make it, like, five seasons. Mm. And that they'll have time to go back to all these plot points that they just pick up and drop. I think there's no saving um, Barbie Ferreira, Kat's timeline. Or not her timeline, her story arc. I think there's no saving it. Mm. Rest in peace. Um, I've heard rumors that they're even gonna... This isn't a spoiler because it's a rumor, but I hear they're going to kill her character because of the issues that are happening off screen with the director and her. Right. But they've destroyed her character, no coming back. And this is actually one of the only areas I get to flex on because this is a show that I have seen. Right. And Victoria has not. Well, mm, I don't know if you can say that because <sighs> okay. um, I am the spoiler queen when it comes to the show. Like, Leah can tell me the little details, but the second I just open my phone Monday morning, it's like the news. 
instead of the news, I just get the euphoria clips because everybody and their mother goes on TikTok and posts the entire thing. And these are pretty short episodes. That, that's very true. It's yeah. not hard to find it. So we'll basically both watch it Sunday night. Yeah. And you'll tell me what I missed from TikTok, but I can tell you pretty much everything that happened this season. Yeah. Um, and put the context clues together to season one. Because I saw episode one and two when it came out in 2018. And um, I was only 17. Mm-hmm. And I... Which is actually, well, mature audiences. You were close to that right, age. Right, but I was, I was also just shocked. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am a Degrassi stan. <laughs> I already had an HBO account. Like, I was not a stranger. I was not... I was not a stranger to these types of shows. Man, it was just a little hard. Like it was there incredibly was, difficult. You know when it's like, give it to me with a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, There's no sugar. No, I think they tossed salt in there on yeah, top. Yeah, straight. They they put like chili flakes in it and <laughs> they <laughs> crushed some hot Cheetos, ooh, and that's ooh. how they gave it to me. That's like kinda I yummy. just, I don't know, and I still kind of have that same opinion, especially with um a certain scene from last episode. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know if I can talk about it, but there was yeah a that really triggering was really, scene. Really, really hard to watch just because I understand the Degrassi point of view of like um, these things happen, right? Or... Like awareness of mental health issues and addiction and what it's like for the people around you when that happens. Um, but just certain things are just so specific to that show, where I'm questioning certain... like Russian roulette. Yeah. Um, do you know anyone who's played Russian roulette or had that happen to them? No. Like, no. so I, I just don't, I, I kind of want to know, are they a drama show where crazy stuff happens? Like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Or are they about awareness? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, think- I think they cross the line into a crazy drama show and then back to oh, this is what it's like, but like for who? <laughs> mm, I, I know there's people that say this is relatable. Personally, I don't relate to much of it. Right, like sometimes it can be. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. There's it's... a lot of conversations that are, but there's a lot of things that just are so specific and they're shot with special limited edition film mm-hmm. and uh six-figure salary hairstylist and makeup artist and the girl is wearing Mew Mew. You're very upset with Lexi's wardrobe. You've brought it up many times. I can't believe you're trying to tell me this normal little sweet high school nerd is wearing Mew Mew. Yeah. The little playwright. Yeah. Mew Mew. I mean, they throw in regular wardrobe, but again, it's like, oh, this is real high school. This is what it's really like for people. The nitty gritty you can afford Mew Mew? <laughs> I didn't know that. Both of their parents are addicts. In It doesn't seem as though they're financially wealthy. But see, one thing that, that confuses me is it feels like there's certain plot holes, um, or not plot holes, but just areas of confusion for myself in particular. Because I think Euphoria mm. threw in some Riverdale. Because it was, why is Nate Jacobs, um, his dad is... The man that founded this fucking city. It's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, yeah. they, I understand it's, it's important to set up that high school universe. Like, oh, the, this small town has secrets. 
Are That's they a vi- small town in Euphoria? I. I That's know. another question I have. Yeah, is it a small town? Because they go to the city, or uh-huh. they go to a nearby urban, you know, skyscraper kind of city, but it seems like they tried to set up Euphoria, the Euphoria universe, in some sort of small town where the Jacobs family runs this whole place with their architecture business and their building construction company and Nate Jacobs is the star football player. Can you believe that Maddie is a cheerleader? (laughs) Maddie is a cheerleader. (laughs) That is Riverdale. That's not Euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's some sort of like a... I think they really tried to find their footing and they only recently found the direction they're going with in these past two episodes, season two, episodes about four, four, five, and six. Because mm. mm. think about it. Nate Jacobs being the son of, of a local tycoon businessman who has secrets. Right. And the new girl that moves in, Jules. Like, I think they really needed to find their footing. It, well, I think they came in so confident in your face it kind of like someone had to tell them like okay like we see you like it's okay like speaking of jewels i knew from the first episode i wasn't really gonna vibe when um someone's slitting their wrists Mm. in episode one because she's (laughs) no i was gonna use a quote from a different scene entirely what did she say um doesn't she say like i'm crazy i'm insane i don't remember but yeah, she she slits, like, she grabs a knife and she she cuts herself as opposed to, you know, showing that she's not afraid to get violent if someone comes at her. Cuz Nate Jacobs was giving her and giving I just, her I just remember thinking like is this like an attempt at like an edgy like no one understands me teenager show, like teenager scare the shit out of me show and it kind of is. <laughs> Is it the intention that we're confused by? Like, what's the intention of Euphoria? Because they say it's, you know, raising awareness, and the main topic is supposed to be Rue. She's supposed to be the main character. Um, Or at least what ties it together. I think what kind of I'm confused about and what throws me off is kind of just the people who watch it. I think they throw me off the most, even though that's where I get all my information from. I know, I'm crazy. Skewed. But I just think... This show, like, when they say intended for mature audiences, like, they really mean it. Like, I think a teenager's perspective of this show is just not going to be what they intended. Like, they're just going to be like, oh, my God, Alexa Demi's so hot. Like, I understand her. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I'm going to blame the show for whatever happens to them. But they're not going to see it the way someone who's been through one of these things has seen it. And I think... People who don't understand it all the way or want to pick sides or want to make conspiracy theories. You know, there's so many conspiracy theories that happen on TikTok and on Twitter. People think a lot of things. Yeah, just people taking the idea and running with it instead of just taking it for what it is means, like, I can't find out what it is. Yeah. And I think the show shouldn't have really been about teenagers. I think it would have been fine if it was about college kids. How people take it is one thing. I don't think the show is above criticism by any means. I saw people giving a lot of hate to Dare for their... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was an announcement or just a statement saying that 
Oh, they don't like euphoria. They don't like euphoria. And people were saying like, oh, y'all old ass bitches. Like dare so old dare, um, hasn't ever done anything good. And I don't know anything about that, but mm, can't you just say that? Can't you just take Dare's statement as what it is? Well, I think the only character that has a clear storyline to me and is clearly what it is, no confusion about it, is Rue, is the drug addict character. Because to me, it's like she's not glorifying it at all. She's wearing that hoodie. She barely looks like Zendaya. Like, she's sweaty, she's a mess, and she's doing the drugs. But then... When you get to Maddie, she's the it girl, her makeup's on point, her outfits are expensive, she looks great, but she accepts all this abuse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then same thing for Cassie. It's like, oh, she's pretty, everyone likes her for her looks, oh, but everyone only likes her for her looks, that's a bad thing. And she goes after all these relationships with people that she probably shouldn't, or she looks for male validation. Right, but that's something that I did not understand until... I was out of high school. Yeah, yeah. Those are things I don't understand. If I was 16, I w- or even 13, because I was a bad kid watching things like this at, like, 13, mm-hmm. um, I would be like, oh, but she's so pretty, though. You know, I would be, I would take it very surface level. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just dumb, but I think when you're so young, you can just not, you can't, you just can't understand it. But Rue is the only thing that seems clear to me. Mm, okay. Like, she is the only thing that's not glorified. Like, taking abuse from men with Maddie to... Mm, controversial opinion, don't cancel me. It's a little glorified, the way she had... Is those, so loyal to him. Yeah, so loyal. Like, I love how loyal she is. Like, all that. Or, like, she has such a good heart, she never leaves him. You know, you can get confused. There's no confusion with Rue. Like, that's she's true. ruining Except all her, her relationships. She looks like shit. She's screaming at everybody. Withdrawal symptoms, like, that's what seems clear to me. And this show probably would have been better and more for adults if it was about Rue. Like, mostly about Rue. If all these other, if this season wasn't mostly about Cassie and Nate, mm-hmm. and that wasn't what people were mostly talking about, yeah, I think um, I would have a different opinion. See, I think that's very true. I agree with that. I think there's a little bit of confusion with myself personally and all the conspiracy theories about people trying to guess the ending is Rue. You know, what? what's the status of Rue being the narrator? And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's all I'll say for people that haven't seen the show. Um, I feel like including this whole cast of characters and trying to do a snapshot of what life is like mm-hmm. in Euphoria Land. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it feel kind of cheesy Riverdale to me. Because I think that... Mm. I agree that Rue's story is very concrete. At first, with all of the beautiful, you know, cinematography with the lights and the colors, the whole reason why we even got back to this, lights and colors, that is <laughs> that is what Euphoria, that's the hallmark. You know, that is right. what makes Euphoria the show that it is, the way that they handle this material, this, like, heavy content with beautiful cinematography and it really sets this whole universe up but including this whole cast of characters at at the extent you know making this whole season about side characters and really only seeing rue in these past two episodes you know we're halfway through this second season and we see rue you know most of her development or most of her her plot line 
smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. All of these other episodes have just been about these side characters. I think that's what feels very Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And of course, Riverdale is a very hyper real example of what I'm trying to use. But the <laughs> it's whole... very comic book because mm-hmm. it's um I guess based off those Archie comics. So yeah. it feels a little like ah oh, well that's a little cheesy. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like the formula is there. Yeah, the formula of. I just keep going back to Nate. Like, what is the point of him? Just being such a bad person. Yeah, being such a bad person, but he can get away with it because of his dad. He kind of runs this town. Like, okay, can can everyone just be? Can he just be a very good manipulator? And his dad is rich. Yeah. Does he have to be the the man that runs this town? And he's gonna inherit the business. Mm-hmm. Can't we just call it white privilege? Like, can't we just say like he is a white man? He'll be fine. Like, he can get away with doing all the stupid shit he does just because yeah. he happens to have money. He doesn't need to run the town. Well, I think um, usually with Nate-type characters, we usually see them, we usually gain sympathy for them, which I think is kind of dangerous. Like, usually it's like, oh, he has a hard life, that's why he's mean, but you can fix him. Uh. But I think (laughs) something they'll get right, hopefully I'm crossing my fingers, is that they don't make us like him. I mean, they already did it with the dad character. Yeah, oh my god. But I hope it's like, no, Nate is just a narcissist he is just a psycho yeah and that just is what it is i mean maybe he can find peace and we all forgive him but i hope they don't change that he's just a piece of shit that chokes women like i hope it just kind of i mean of course i don't hope he keeps doing it but it i don't want us to gain sympathy for him i think that's something that i actually like is that he i think jules asked him like does this mean you're a better person now? And, and he, he was said, like, no. No. <laughs> I'm not a good person. <laughs> exactly. I like it that way, but it, I kind of think with the show, um, here's my prediction from someone who doesn't know the tea and the gossip of mm-hmm. like how long the show is supposed to go. HBO shows usually go about five or six seasons. I mean, Game of Thrones was... Eight? Seven. What? I thought everyone complains about season eight being the worst. season eight? Either way. Oh, I might have blocked out season eight. As you should. Yeah. Season eight was awful. They always get to at least five if it's a good show. Yeah. At least. And I think the what you were talking about earlier, like it's about life and everyone thinks Rue's going to die. I think people should go watch um, The Sopranos series finale i was just talking to someone about that <laughs> really yes someone someone i know just finished the sopranos mm-hmm. and i asked him what he thought of it yeah and, and if he knew it was coming because i was you know watching daytime tv after school and people i remember it came out and people were like the sopranos ending <laughs> what was that guys right. and i remember just watching and being like oh this ending is a very big deal so I always knew about the ending, and when I asked this guy, he said he had finished it, I asked him, what did you think of the ending? Did you know it was coming? And he said he had no idea, but it made total sense, and blah, blah, blah. I we had a whole conversation yeah. about it. Why do you think they should watch The Sopranos? Because I think you should just kind of brace yourself for, the even when Game of Thrones ended, I think when the show ends, I don't think anyone's really going to be happy. Mm. Like, people are going to like love to hate the show, or they're going to just really hate on the writers and whatever happens. Um, And I think with The Sopranos, there was a question. Did he die? Did he not? To me, it's pretty clear. I think he died. I think it's clear. Um, But to me, I enjoyed it because 
the show, he narrates it sometimes, and he's the center of the show. Definitely. Right? And so I think um, the show about Tony ending with his death, you know what I mean? Makes sense. I think it makes sense to me. And the way it came so quick and just cut to black is kind of how death happens. They even foreshadowed that in the series. Didn't they say, you know, when you get whacked, you don't even know? Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but his daughter, Meadow, takes forever to park and they make a big deal of it. Of how bad she is at parking, yeah, like they keep dinner, yeah. they keep cutting back to her being bad at parking. And I think stalling that moment kind of made it like, oh, she came right on the time, like she walked in right as he died, or he got mm-hmm. to see her one last time, like it was perfect timing. Like if she had messed up the parking one more time, like she wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's definitely dead. But I think that the same thing might happen with Euphoria, where we'll get to like season five or six or I don't know. Um, and people are going to talk about it for weeks, months, and just hate it. And, um, I think we should just kind of expect it. Yeah. I mean, with an addict (laughs) and with a mob, mob gangster guy, Mm -hmm. you know, constantly killing people, you know, you can kind of expect that he'll get whacked back one day. Yeah. But I think, yeah, just kind of brace yourself for people not Mm -hmm. liking whatever happens, even though the ending will probably be fine. Yeah. Honestly, I think... Because people in their conspiracy theories, they'll, especially with season two coming out, you know, we're up to date. You know, we only see episodes every week. There's no binging. So there's less time to put pieces together, but more time to think, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. You know, we can't yeah. watch all of season two. We're waiting as it comes. But during that week, people are making their conspiracies and they'll say, Rue didn't narrate this past episode. She must be dead. Bro, there's time. <laughs> <laughs> like you just said, this could this show will probably go for at least five seasons. And the way they're acting, the way the writers are writing this, it seems like they're just now figuring out how they're going to plan out these next couple seasons. Like they they also thought, from what it seems like, they also thought that this show was going to last many many seasons. Like just because Rue didn't episode one, excuse me, didn't narrate one episode, that does not mean she's dead on the floor. No. But I think they do they do a great job of scaring you. Like, I understand mm-hmm. why people think that she's overdosing and dying because she's not narrating. Right. It, it is so weird that Jules started narrating, though. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know much about, much about these conspiracy theories um, are very... They're so dumb. They're dumb? I was going to say that. Yeah, they're kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you see that sign over there? It's a Kaliuchi sign, and she sued somebody so she's gonna sue somebody too like it's so dumb what what theory is that <laughs> i just made that up oh but, like, but everyone was talking about the posters on the walls and like oh yeah i was like dude some little 20 something set designer just put her room together like it's <laughs> i don't think it's that deep probably not like no ever since wandavision came out everybody's like i'm, gonna, I'm gonna find the theory first so i can go back and say i knew it yeah, I feel people are trying to figure the show out, and I think it's far too, the show is far too young. Because, I mean, come on, you're telling me that season one, they knew what they were doing? I think they only, I think Maybe. they knew, I think they knew what the universe was in season one, mm-hmm. and now I think they're trying to flesh out the show itself, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, I think the, the cinematography has always been there. Lighting design, always been there. Sound. Yeah, it's HBO. It's, yes, exactly. I think you knew what euphoria was supposed to be but now they're figuring out oh shit we made 
pretty lights and pretty parties, but now we have to actually like figure out these people's stories. I I think juggling all these stories with everything, I re- I really think it should just be about Rue. Mm, and yeah. I think people received those like um that like was it what was it called where she's just sitting at the diner talking sitting at the Rue sitting at a diner yeah. talking? Yeah. It came out around Christmas. Oh, her special? Yeah, 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 the special. There you go. That special was received so well mm-hmm. that I think people wouldn't mind after this season if we just threw away Cassie. <laughs> I can't. Her shit's so entertaining, though. I they know, make it entertaining. It's entertaining to us because we just live for the drama, but I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think it shouldn't be about the drama, like the high school mm-hmm. drama, while we're talking about addiction. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be about the petty. He said, she said, and she took my boyfriend, and that just takes over our interest uh, above yeah. what they're trying to do. Well, maybe mm-hmm. if what's that guy's name? Sam something. Levit Levit Levison. If he was in this room, I would be like, don't listen to the fans. Like us actually, both. don't. Like don't give us more. Uh, Maddie and Nate, don't give us more of this. Don't give us more parties. Do what is just right with Zendaya's character and give us what we wouldn't necessarily want because these are stupid little children who are just on Twitter, just living for the drama. And I think one of the best received episodes was something nobody asked for, which was Cal's episode. That exactly. No one oh everyone no was one so... wanted or asked for a Cal episode and it turned out great. And I think people keep talking about like Maddie finding out about Cassie, but I don't think it was that deep. Rue was literally deflecting. It should have been more about Rue deflecting, doing anything, ruining relationships with her and Cassie and Cassie and Maddie and everybody just wrecking their relationships just to like run away. Like, yeah, just it should have been more about that instead of the funny TikTok sound. You dumb fucking bitch. I'm going to fuck you up. Like, I'm should've... literally going to get violent. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't have been about that. It should have been more about, wow, Rue really did that. Like, yeah. And I saw some people saying it, but not enough. But I can't lie. I am at least grateful that this high school drama has great dialogue and is very interesting. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, oh, I'm interested. You know, like, it's an entertaining show, but at the core of it, I'm wondering, what is the end game? And maybe I'm just not, you know, a true stan because it took me three tries to watch it, or maybe we're just stupid because we haven't. <laughs> yeah, take everything I said with a grain of salt. <laughs> this is just from a, a passive observer. Oh, my God, call, call well, us Lexi. You know, we got a good balance. We got someone who actually watched the show. And we got someone who's seen a lot of HBO shows and yeah. knows just how the format is and how it usually goes and how they're usually received. And I'm watching a lot from the outside. Like, I'm watching all the Twitter reactions and I'm watching everyone go crazy. And I'm just kind of like, y'all look like clowns. We, yeah, Some a little bit. Some of y'all look like clowns. Some of y'all. Especially, oh, I mean, there's... I've always thought that there's two ways to look at movies and shows. It's the physical creation of it and why it was made and the effect that it has on people and with tv shows that's ongoing because you know you write unless you you know write the whole season and then film it you know you're going case by case by case or the next season 
if it's not made directly after, will have influence by the by the watchers. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, unless you're just going back to back to back to back, and you already have the season written by the time the other one, the previous one, is released, you, you have that input from fans. So it's ongoing with TV, but you have the physical how the show is made, the purpose it has, and then you also have the internal story, mm-hmm. like what what is going on. Yeah, like Game of Thrones had their material from the books, mm-hmm. and when they went off for season eight, eight. probably season eight, yeah, you're right, um, that's when everyone was like, this fucking sucks, yeah. this is the worst show I've ever seen. Because they're tr- <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole nother topic, Game of Thrones absolutely ruined everything they were working for <laughs> by making a ma- by making a mad woman they just made a mad woman i know that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. Th- that is what i'm saying it there's just a lot to look into when it comes to movies and tv shows especially i, I really appreciate how you have such insight into the way people receive information like pop culture i love watching people react. you <laughs> you have a way of just knowing how people reacted to information, how people received, like, oh, yeah, people didn't like this trailer, how people respond, react, um, people's just way of of theorizing things. You're very good at picking up on that. And I, at least personally, I think I like, and I'm good at looking into how things are made and, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they'll probably do this as a result. But yeah. you're good at the reception part of it. Oh, yeah. We're like a good team or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm trying to say at least. Because <laughs> think about it. You know, I'm thinking of, okay, well, they've always, Euphoria in this case, has always had good sound, light, design, good cinematography. They have the universe all set up. But you're really good at figuring out, you know, people like the drama. People like watching this shit go down. We're a good team. Yeah, I think so. A couple of besties. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, I just, I, I love going to social media and just reading all the opinions and all the comments. Even if it's like, oh, uh, I'm definitely not going to agree with the people that like this, but I'm going to go figure out why they like it. Interesting. Like, even when it's horror movies, and I hate horror movies, I know all about, like, the hereditary Midsommar thing that happened because it was just so huge and I know why people liked it and I just like finding out why and maybe if it'll it, it'll appeal to me um and usually if there's a show that's popping up like if you're on Netflix and you're trying to find a show I'm that annoying one that's like oh people hated that one. Oh, people really like that one you do say that a lot. You were like, oh, that one. Oh, I heard that did really good. Or you'll bring up Letterboxd. Like, oh, I knew someone that, like, really liked that. They, like, wrote a review on it. I they gave it, like, Letterboxd. four stars. I, I need to get on it. I need to watch more movies purely uh-huh. just so I can boost up my Letterboxd. Yeah, but I also don't think – I also when, – when an audience really hates something, but mm-hmm. I usually disagree with that specific audience, I know I'm going to like it. Like, really? I don't really listen – I don't want people to think that, like, I – will only watch what people like. Usually it's like, if the bros are like, that fucking sucked, I'm like, period, girl boss. I'm gonna go see <laughs> like that. Spen- like Spencer. Yes, like Spencer. If it's something that the girlies just really thought was like, uh, not too funny or whatever, I'm usually like, well, I kind of like that stupid, dumb, 
Jason Sudeikis humor, I'm going to go watch that. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, whatever the response is, I'll go off of that. But not, like, only watch the positive, stay away from the negative. You'll go, or here, is it is it reasonable to say that you'll see what gets buzzed and, go, and get what gets, like, buzzed from people and you'll go from there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still find a lot of gems that I don't know about. I'm trying to think of... Because mm, there's a lot of people who need to be different mm-hmm. and need to be, like, indie and underground. And if they all collectively like something and it starts to not be indie underground anymore, mm-hmm. I pick it up right there. Perfect. You it's pick a, it up right it is a on the... ripe, juicy fruit. You pick it up, like, right when it starts to go up. Right. Like, right when you start feeling yourself falling back when the roller coaster's going up. Like, yeah. oh, this gravity's getting kind of... Oh, ah, and then you pick it up. Yes. <laughs> like, um, Parasite. Mm, I don't I don't want to be one of those girls. Like, I thought it burned. <laughs> you, you took me to see it right but, after. Yeah, I, I took you to see it after, but... After it, it won Best Picture. Right, but it was in theaters around, I want to say, October of that year and then it already had gotten taken out of theaters but the buzz started to happen and the ratings were coming in and then it got nominated for best picture and that was such a shock that we got to go see it in theaters again because they literally put it back did you see it it didn't back in october yeah so you saw it in october it was nominated for best picture i want to say like when did nominations come out december Mm, yeah december and um, then, but it, it was already out of theaters by then. And then to go watch it, you had to pay like 20 bucks on Apple TV or mm-hmm. Amazon or something. And then they put it back and that's how we got to go see it. So yeah. when things get buzzed around that perfect October, November time, mm-hmm. because the buzz was that the director had already done really good movies. The trailer looks great and that the idea was really good. So people were just like, this movie's probably going to be really good. And then the critics who get to see it first were giving it like 10 out of 10, 100%, five stars. That's when I'm like, bloop, pick it up. I'll pick that one. Well, same thing. You had heard the buzz behind a movie that I, I had seen. I told you that some of my friends wanted to go see this, this random movie. I didn't know what it was. And I rated it on Letterboxd and you texted me and said, oh my God, you saw Drive My Car. <laughs> Drive My Car is now nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars this year. And you're like, oh, I heard about that movie. Was it good? And I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I thought that I was seeing a random artsy, you know, random yeah. movie. And you were like, no, people really like it. It's doing well. And then bada bing, bada boom, a few weeks later, it's mm-hmm. nominated for Oscars. Yeah. You just got to dig a, not very deep on the internet, just a little deep. But we, you have to know how to dig a little bit. I feel like people, you you already have that. It's kind of like telling someone, oh, you just add a little bit of like spice, add some flair to this dish. In cooking, it's like, bitch, how do you teach someone how to add flair? <laughs> how do you know to only dig a little bit? Well, how do you know where to go? I don't know. I think um, find people who are better at it than you, and just mm. follow them. Who is that in your life? Um, just a there's a few YouTubers and people on Letterboxd that have thousands of followers that like will get invited to go to movies. You know what I mean? Wow, yeah. Like, they'll get invited to the premieres or they'll go to the those festivals, those film festivals. And usually film festivals is where the movies that make it to the Oscars start at. But they start at the film festivals months before they come out. So you get the full, thoughtful reviews 
like months before you can even go see it so you anticipate it for a long time Mm -hmm. or it's just directors like a lot of things that make it to the oscars and things that turn out really great are from great directors like usually if you don't if the movie doesn't get best director it doesn't really have a shot getting best movie like that rarely happens Mm -hmm. so if it's from paul thomas anderson well speak i was just gonna bring him up yeah you know you can count on it being shot well you can count on like half of the movie do you think wait was licorice pizza nominated for best picture i think so are you serious Okay, because I, I was going to bring up, what's his name? Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. I get the names confused. Um, his three names. But <laughs> I was going to bring him up because people were really excited for Licorice Pizza. I heard through someone else. Well, because that girl is in that band. What? Uh, hi? Wait, what? The main character. Are you kidding me? Isn't her last name Heim, too? I... I'm going to start crying. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, no. Yeah, it is nominated. I'm, wait, I'm going to start crying. Wait. No, I'm dead serious. I didn't realize that we had a nepotism baby in the midst. Are you lying to me? No. Oh my God, she... You watched the whole movie. I just thought she was a good actress. I thought they just... Well, she got I don't the know part. If she is an actress. I thought she was just a singer from the band. Or is she She didn't, do, she didn't do any singing in this know. fucking movie. I don't know what she is in that band. I just know it's the same as her last name. I'm... Wait, no. Let me do some digging. I'm dead serious. You are... Is she a singer? Yeah. Oh, wow. She's... Or no, she's piano, vocals, guitar, drums. Oh. Oh, she's talented. Oh. She was yeah. in Licorice Pizza. I didn't she, realize she was a, a That a was a lot first. of the buzz. It was Paul Thomas Anderson, but Gen Z doesn't give a shit about Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, like, no. he did, like, Phantom Thread. Like... They don't care about Phantom Thread. See, if you go to the Best Picture nominees, it's a lot of familiar names. It's Guillermo del Toro. It's Steven Spielberg. Which he kind of got snubbed. I was a little bit shocked. Uh, Adam McKay already has done a few movies. Um, So, yeah, like, usually you can have a favorite director. Mm -hmm. You can have favorite writers. You can have favorite producers. You can have favorite... Even music people, like, I have favorite music people, like, the guy who does Succession and the guy who does Black Panther Mandalorian, like, I love the movies they pick. You can just find people that you like that get involved in movies, and you can just follow their projects. And then you can follow people who get invited to these festivals, and if you are on the same wavelength and usually have the same opinions, you can follow what they like. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I guess, falling into the movie community of... Who do you like? Because they always have a style. Mm. Like, they never step out of that style. And if you're trying to be into the Oscar conversation, that's the easiest way to get into it, is watching Quentin Tarantino movies. And if a new Quentin Tarantino movie is going to come out, you can bet it's going to be nominated somewhere, even if it was bad. Yeah. There's something not great about the Oscars, but even if it was terrible, it'll be there somehow. Even if it's just for, like, script... Yeah. <laughs> or or no, what, what was No Way Home nominated for? Best um, uh, sound design? Visual effects. Visual effects. Oh, come on, you know. Come you on, know you know. Speaking of that, I mean, yeah, I like watching the Oscars and I like following these movies. But man, if they were not going to give Endgame or Infinity War any type of recognition, I did not think they were going to do it for No Way Home. And a lot of people thought they were. Um, but I think the 
uh, Infinity War was more Oscar appealing, Academy appealing, mm-hmm. and I didn't make it. So uh, a lot of people were anticipating it, but I knew. Like, you, there, you had a feeling? Yeah, there's no way. I, I knew it would just, I didn't get my hopes up at all. No, I think I often have no idea where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. With uh, the, the Academy. Like, I have no idea. Like, how how was I going to know? Yeah, Drive My Car was a little bit of like a... That was a wild card. Yeah, I had... Oh, it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it was three hours long. And I, I was with four people, so we had four different opinions to go off of. And I was the one that liked it, I think, most or second most. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. But because I'm not in that community, I didn't have that jumping off point to know that, oh, there's buzz around this movie. That's why it's even in this theater to begin with. Um, I just watched it. I took it as it was. And I guess it's good advice to find, I guess it's hard to find a jumping off point, but to dive in somewhere and see where you land. Because I find it really interesting. Do you want to go through Oscar nominations and say oh, what you want or okay. who you think will win? I'm looking at Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen Belfast yet, even though I feel like I'm going to like it. Okay. Because I really like Jamie Dornan. You do? Not for Fifty Shades. <laughs> let's make that clear yeah i think um he just has a really nice soul he has a really nice spirit he just seems really nice great friends with andrew garfield so i trust him um i want to watch his movie i want to watch belfast and give that a shot but i would like i feel like power of the dog is gonna win I've heard that as well i think it's gonna win even though i don't want to make anybody mad I did not really like it. <gasps> I thought you found it all right. No, this is the movie that made me really uncomfortable. Oh. But a lot of people like that. Like Parasite was a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, My parents found it incredibly uncomfortable. Right, like there's uncomfortable moments that are fine, but I just find um, just this almost borderline grooming energy same thing with like people are criticizing licorice pizza right that same energy to me it's really uncomfortable like extra uncomfortable um so i don't know i really like dune and i know dune is very surface level but i think i didn't get too deep the way power of the dog did but i just enjoyed myself more Mm -hmm. like i had a lot of fun i really enjoyed the performances were fine not fine they're good uh, the costumes were amazing. I just think all the hard work that it took to get into that movie probably should get some awards. See, that's what I think. I, I, because I've never been a steadfast Oscar watcher, mm-hmm. I've never been an avid watcher of the Oscars, I often, you know, especially with all the criticism that the Academy gets, like, oh, this is Oscar bait. Like, this movie was, you know, what what is best picture? Because I mentioned earlier you know, there's so many ways to look at a TV show or a film or anything that's made to be consumed, uh, mm-hmm. like watched, because you have the internal, like, what is the story? Can a story, or excuse me, can a movie whose story is shit win Best Picture because it was made the best? Or is, is the whole point to find a movie that could not be as great, but is super cohesive? Like, mm-hmm. let's say Licorice Pizza, this is... Not what I really think. But, for example, let's say Licorice Pizza was technically phenomenal. It was the best film. It was phenomenally made. Great acting. Blah, 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 blah. But the story made no sense. 
Mm. And it was pretentious. And it wasn't the best physical script. But Dune maybe had like, you know... It was very visual. Very visual. And and it was the most put together. But it wasn't the most fascinating. Like uh, Licorice Pizza was more ambitious. And Mm. it was interesting. And it was a great movie. But Dune, let's say, was technically more sound. It was a solid, cohesive film. But it wasn't... Like, it's the safe choice. Do you think it's it's okay for a safe choice to win Best Picture? No. Or what, is, what are you trying to win with Best Picture? To me, Best Picture is can you show it to your friends and family and did pretty much everybody like it? Like, mm. to me, it's like usually whatever wins Best Picture, except for the artist. The artist, I'm so sorry. Um, if you can find, like, and let's exclude, like, bigots and racists or whatever... If you can find your friends and family all pretty much liked it and said, yeah, it was good, then that's Best Picture. So you think general... Just enjoying it. General acclaim is what makes Best Picture? I don't know if that's what makes it, but that's what happens with every Best Picture Mm. to me. Like when uh, some people didn't like La La Land and when, like, because they don't like musicals or they don't Mm -hmm. like... um, they didn't like just, like, the look of it. Like, they just thought it was a musical movie, mm-hmm. right? So when that La La Land scandal happened where they we all thought La La Land won, but they didn't. And it was... I was not shocked because Moonlight is just something that people still like to this day. And people still watch to this day. And um, when Parasite won, I thought it was the rightful winner because I think everybody liked it. You yeah. liked it. I liked it. My family liked it. It was just something that everyone pretty much agreed on liking. Yeah. Um, and just other movies before that, it, like, um, didn't The Social Network win? Ooh, I think so. I'll double check, though. Um, like, I haven't met a person who didn't like that movie. I still haven't seen that movie. You still haven't seen The Social Network? No. It was so good. What's better, me never watching it or me stopping it in the middle? Well, I feel like it's better that I just haven't seen it. Yeah, it's better that you just haven't seen it. Because you got to get to the Andrew Garfield smashing a laptop. Oh, I don't think the social network won Best Picture. It didn't? No. Uh, Academy Award... The Academy Awarding Tom Hooper's The King's Speech... Oh, The King's best, Speech! Best Picture over... David Fincher's The Social Network is widely considered one of the most egregious decisions in Oscars history. Oh, so I rewrote history. You just did. The way it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is from the IndieWire. Oops. Yeah, see? There you go. If everybody liked The Social Network, then it should have won. And everyone thinks it should have won. The King's Speech, to me, was a little boring. <gasps> a little slow. Okay. It was good. But I just remember being a little bit bored. And I remember The Social Network, to this day, being a perfect movie. <laughs> like a 10 out of 10. I'm sorry, my Prada's at the cleaners. Along with my <laughs> slippers and my fuck you flip-flops. Or what is it? Along with my... Shit, I forgot. <sighs> hoodie. Along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops. You pretentious douchebag. And then the TikTok edit starts. So Where I feel like that? movies, movies that are best pictures can be consumed by by the masses. Yeah. Uh, but there's st- still something about it that makes it a good movie 
to a wide yeah. range of people. Is that what I Best think, Picture is? I think everybody liked Birdman. I think everybody liked 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. Everybody liked Argo. We don't talk about the artist. Uh, <laughs> everybody liked The Hurt Locker, Slumdog Millionaire, No Country for Old Men, The Departed. Who doesn't like The Departed? I'm just... I haven't seen it, so me. You haven't seen The Departed? No, what's The Departed? That... See, I like to call myself an artistic, you know, an emotional, sensitive, artist type. I like movies, but I haven't seen Jack. See, The Titanic. Oh, yeah, well, I've Forrest seen. Gump. Forrest Gump. Schindler's List. Silence of the Lambs. Um, yeah, there's just so many movies. I think it's like, there's a few years where maybe they're the wrong choice. Mm. But, well, I mean, Social Network 2010. Yeah, I rewrote history. I didn't even realize I did that. I genuinely thought it won. Yeah. <laughs> it was that good. Sorry, yeah. Well, no, I think, let me see. So I guess going just based on next month, the Oscars will take place. We've discussed what best picture, like what it takes to win best picture. But you know, my movie pick isn't even nominated. What's your movie pick for top best picture of the year? Um, Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no shame in that. I feel like you can show your mom, you can show your grandma, you can show your friends. You can ask your professor if they like the yeah, movie. Yeah, La La Everybody Land, liked it. If La La Land can be a movie musical nominated for Best Picture, why can't Tick, Tick, Boom be nominated for Best Picture? I think maybe it was because, again, you got to have Best Director. Mm. And I think Lin-Manuel, first movie, uh, the directing was fine. It's not his first. His first. It's his directorial debut. Oh, my God. I thought In the Heights was his directorial debut. Mm-mm. I think it was a producer. Ain't no way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they hate musicals. I don't know. But I think you can show everyone that movie, and everybody's gonna cry, and everybody's gonna relate. It was a it was a movie that emotionally wrecked me. Yeah. That that movie <laughs> left me crying on the couch. And I like to cry to movies. Really. I love crying to movies. I do too. But why do you? Um, because it's just a good emotional release. That's true. It's kind of like when people like getting scared and like they get a little high from it. I don't get a high from crying, but I get a little like, oh, like that was nice. Yeah, that's, um, (laughs) oh, that's, there's a philosopher who said that. I think it was Aristotle. (laughs) No, I'm being dead, dead serious. (laughs) I mean it. No, I mean it. Like, oh. Uh, like, yeah, someone said that before. I think it was Aristotle. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, and I'm, I'll get really upset. It, but I get my Greek philosophers confused. But it was saying that, like, art, art is bad, but it has that emotional release aspect that people can get their emotions out to. Mm. I think it wasn't catharsis, was it? It was... Dang... I think I think it's catharsis. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. Catharsis uh, is the purification and ooh, I've never heard this word used in this way. Purgation, the mm-hmm. purging mm-hmm. of emotions through dramatic art. Mm. And oh, oh, it was Plato. It was Plato. Nice. Okay, so not Aristotle, but it was Plato who says that. 
catharsis is a part of the soul's progressive ascent to knowledge. Okay, that's a little bit much. I'm ju- I just care about Tick, Tick, Boom right now. <laughs> um, but it's like that catharsis. It's that you, using the, the medium, using the arts medium right. to let out your own emotions. It's like a good escape. And that's why, that's why I got into movies in the first place. I would hear all about these movies. And, I mean, currently we're in my family's movie room, our media room. Mm-hmm. Like my, my dad has always been very interested in movies and art and it was an escape for him. He used to sneak into the movie. Did I ever tell you this? He used yeah. to sneak into movie theaters and stay there the whole day oh, that's cute. and like go into different theaters via the bathroom, like sneaking into different theaters cause they'd be connected through the bathroom. So he'd like leave, mm. he'd only buy one ticket, but he'd sneak into the bathroom and then he would go, go to into, the other side, go into the other side and go to another theater and watch all of these movies. So it's always been an important part of my life, movies and learning more about the world and having that way to express your emotions through someone else's story. Maybe that's why I get so upset at Euphoria. I can't figure out who, who, what, when, where, why. <laughs> I, can't, I can't properly release my emotions because I'm too busy being confused and inundated with a bunch of teen drama mixed in with heroin mixed in with russian roulette russian roulette mixed in with mew mew (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's like as far as enjoying movies and tv i think the oscars kind of i've lost my enjoyment in it and i think i enjoy the Emmys more. I think I, television has kind of outdone movies for me because I used to always have movies on too, but I think the movies just haven't been, haven't been it lately. I think something happened with TV where they're just as good or better than the movies and the acting is just as good and the filming is just as good, just like Euphoria, um, yeah. to where I think I'm going to enjoy the Emmys more mm. this year. I've heard the Emmys giving a lot of love, or I've heard less controversy surrounding Emmy decisions, nominations. Mm. Yeah, I've never been that upset about whatever happens. Yeah, I think it it is a little bit weird how people play to award shows. Like, the the fact that Oscar bait exists in the first place. Mm -hmm, Like, they have it in mind. Yeah, like, the economic aspect of movies is something that's a whole nother topic, and you know, playing the, the algorithms, or I guess the, the mental algorithms of, oh, this audience will love this, we're going to make this, we're going to add this in, the, the manufacturing. It, it's weird how it's become so manufactured, and, you know, we're, we're even talking about an award show, like, oh, I wonder what this, how, how big is the Academy? How many people are in the Academy? Probably not a lot. Uh, I want to look it up. I guess compared to the whole world, like this select bunch, let's just say, this select bunch of people are going to choose how successful a movie can be in some cases. Well, to me, that starts a Marvel conversation. Really? Because if you count Oscars to how much moolah those movies made, it makes no sense why they don't have any. You know? Like, if Marvel was making things for the Oscars and they weren't getting any, that doesn't mean they failed. I think No Way Home just getting visual... And no acting for Tom Holland, no writing, no anything else. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, 
you know, that just means you take everything with a grain of salt. Your movie favorite movie does not have to be Best Picture. And just because they were trying to appeal to the Oscars, I mean, it also has to appeal to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I just give all of those movies a shot. But my favorite one doesn't have to win or be nominated. I just think the one that wins, you just like it. But my favorite movies ever, every year, are Marvel movies. And man, they ignore the hell out of... Like, they. someone pissed off the Academy. Mm-hmm. They hate someone at Marvel. I don't know if they hate Kevin Feige. I don't know what is up with it. But I think... Um, I don't really know who would be upset if they were nominated for things. Yeah. Or maybe... It'd probably yeah. be the pretentious people that are like, ugh, such a... Such a Ugh, so big much, industry yeah, cannot so much be CGI, not even real cinema. Like Christopher Nolan might be upset about <laughs> a Marvel Bro, movie. I did not like Tenet. I don't. I don't give a fuck what Christopher <laughs> Nolan thinks. I watched Tenet, and I, mm, it, I can understand why he'd be so pressed. He puts a lot of effort into confusing bitches. <laughs> he puts a lot of effort into mind fucking people, and yeah. sometimes, at least, I think in the movie Tenet. That realization of, oh my god, that's what's going on, was not worth the bullshit that I was put through. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think maybe you didn't like Tenet because it was trying too hard. I think so. But <laughs> but I had I got to look at Robert Pattinson, so that was okay. He included yeah. something for the girls. Uh-huh. Just like watch his scenes. Right. Like, Robert Pattinson, if he kills it at, in Batman, he will still not get a nomination for anything. That's true. But for Why some reason, that? for some reason, we like the Joker. The the Joker being yeah, we'll nominate the Joker. Oh, the the literal movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. I'm not Joker, saying yeah. he deserved it. I love you, Heath Ledger, baby. Rest in peace. Yeah. But I think it's just so strange that we ignore like the hero, or just the movie in general. Like yeah. Heath Ledger was nominated, but I don't think The Dark Knight was up for best pick. Are we gonna look that up? I, honestly, look I don't that know. Up, but I don't think so. So I think movies that are made for entertainment and fun make more money. Yeah. Like that No Way Home movie being made for Spider Man fans is why it did so well. Like it was kind of mm-hmm. like a love letter to Spider Man fans. Yeah. The Dark Knight was nominated for quite a few. Uh, but not Best Picture, not Best Director. Uh, won two Oscars. It won Best Supporting Actor, Heath Ledger. And it won Sound Editing. It was right. nominated for Visual Effects, Cinematography, Production Design, Mixing, Makeup and Styling, and, or excuse me, Sound Editing and Film Editing, respectively. That's like bare minimum action movie. Yeah. That's what you'll get if you make a great action movie, but you'll never break Best Picture. Yeah, it... it I was going to say something earlier. It was, I guess, I mentioned, like, the manufacturing of movies and, and things like that. But something about you mentioning The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and, and action movies, people have gone against a particular kind of story now. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't like the classic stories that honestly started storytelling. You know, when you think of, like, oh, back in ancient, ancient Greek history you know the very first stages and and the greek chorus they were telling the stories and the tragedies of heroes Mm. and then all of a sudden we have an action movie like we have marvel movies and they won't get nominated but 
movies that really go against the grain. Is that is that the right phrase? That really go against the norm. Mm-hmm. They go against traditional storytelling, and they will be nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Power of the Dog will be nominated for Best Picture. Stuff that, you know, for some audiences, like you mentioned, The Power of the Dog made you uncomfortable. Stuff that makes you uncomfortable. We're trying to give accolades to movies that do things differently, mm-hmm. and we're going against films that just are plain action movies. Yeah. Or stories about heroes and things along those lines. We'll, we'll go against that and go for something that's more uh, unexpected. Different. Different. And it, it's getting to be like, how I'm do you... I'm different. How, My taste yes, is different. Yeah. I don't like the stuff of everyone else. Yeah, how, That's what confuses me. Well, because you're actually so right, because technically Quentin Tarantino movies are action movies, but they get nominated for everything. Because they're different. They're different. Yeah, so we've gone from a, a point in time where we gave respect and, and accolades and awards to films that were more traditional, and now people want movies that are different and make them uh, uncomfortable. I guess in, in this case, you know, everybody, except for you, like people, <laughs> people that love Pulp Fiction love it because of how, I guess from people I know that love Pulp Fiction, they love it because it's different and because it is a solid film, but it's different and it talks about a variety of different things and it's so interesting and it's you know what's in the fucking box i know i know it's not that movie but you know what's in the box and it it has its own i don't want to say universe because i've been using that word a lot but pulp fiction and quentin tarantino's movies have a quality to them that are uniquely Quentin Tarantino's. Right. And in some cases, movies like that make people uncomfortable. Like, you find Pulp Fiction uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know about or, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, the content is uncomfortable. I'm yeah. just not really relaxed or, like, enjoying myself. You have to be in the right mood for some of these movies. I feel like there's a, a very unnatural quality of the award shows trying desperately to seem... Like they love cinema. Oh, oh, well, people didn't, people got really uncomfortable during this movie. It must be great. Like licorice pizza. Mm. Bruh. (laughs) For those of you that haven't seen that movie, it focuses around, I think, uh, well, it it takes place over the span of uh, a decade or so, if I'm not mistaken. And there is a budding uh, relationship, platonic, not platonic, you know, it, it, it evolves between a child mm-hmm. and 15. 15, 16, and a woman who is outside of college, or excuse me, outside of high school, college-aged. And I had a hard time getting past that. I can't lie. I had a hard time getting past that when I was watching the movie because I was like, wait, is she 25 or 28? Because they've made, bo- they made jokes about both. Like, they made jokes about her being 25, and then at one point... She makes a comment. She was like, 28? And, she, and he was like, huh? What's your, how old? She was like, 25. I'm 25. That's why I'm hanging out with these kids. I'm only 25. And I, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out if I'm just receiving the movie incorrectly. Like, I just, you know, had a miscommunication with, between the movie and myself, and i just gone too far. But movies that are supposed to make you think or make you uncomfortable, it seems like people are just trying to throw something at the wall right. and see what sticks, see what gets picked up. 
by award shows and award shows themselves are scouring for, ooh, ooh, that one caused buzz. That one, this particular movie, you know, made people uncomfortable. They, they thought the ending was weird. It's not an easy reception. You're going to win Best Picture. You know, it, it wasn't, yeah. there's not, there's more I than one interpretation. Give recently. it an award. I think very recently it's been like that, like yeah. after Parasite. Um, I think maybe, you know, the girl's trying to copy the flow. Yeah. Because I think before Parasite, Green Book, uh, a lot of people didn't like that that movie won, but the Academy picked it. And I think the intention of Green Book was to be a feel-good movie. It's about, like, um, have you seen Green Book? No. It's um, this black singer, or no, piano player, I think. Mm -hmm. He needs someone to drive him through towns, and it's kind of a white savior movie. Like, they find, it's a friendship between a white guy and a black guy, and they end up becoming besties or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think that's intended to be a feel-good movie, and it won. And I think after Parasite, yeah, the nominees... Power of the Dog and Parasite and even Nomadland had like homegirl shitting in a bucket. That was pretty uncomfortable and that one last year. Yeah. So I think, yeah, very recently I think it's Parasite, honestly, that like maybe mm-hmm. shifted the way people, maybe people who make uncomfortable movies and really liked it, like making those movies, were like, oh, mainstream people like this. Mm-hmm. Like this movie can go mainstream now. Yeah, there's something about and even finding like the guy mainstream. who made a uh, guy who made like Midsommar. Mm-hmm. I don't think that got a lot of maybe I did get a critical claim. I don't know, but um, everyone Definitely liked a it. Cult a classic. lot of people watched it and became a cult classic, and it's really uncomfortable. And that was around the same time as Parasite. Same so. thing with Hereditary. You're trying to yeah. tell me a girl getting decapitated is supposed to be like, oh, <laughs> I hope they're gonna you know win like the the basic structure of a story like, oh, I hope they win the big game. No, your sister just got decapitated. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen Hereditary. You've never seen it? No. Well, that's like a first 20 minute spoiler. Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, she, yeah, get, she has an allergic crazy. reaction and gets decapitated. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that those movies were very popular at the same time. So I think, yeah, maybe it's just a cultural shift, an astrology shift. Something yeah. shifted and people really... A com- uncomfortable became mainstream. Yeah, well, you know what I mean when I say uncomfortable? I guess for I guess for this conversation that us two are having, the word uncomfortable fits, but for the people listening, uh, I guess anything that isn't the basic structure of a, you know, hero's journey or a plane. Forrest Gump. For, yes. The opposite of Forrest Gump. Yeah, anything <laughs> that isn't Forrest Gump, truly. Like, there's something about, oh, Parasite's ending, that does not leave you like, oh, wow, Forrest Gump had his son and now he continues on and the story lives. Like, it, <laughs> anything that goes against that hero's journey, yeah. that classic story, that's what makes me feel. And King's Speech, too, right? Didn't it have a good ending? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, if I remember right. Uh-huh. But they're the feel-good aspect to movies. There are certain movies that are feel-good movies, but there's also just plain stick to the i guess the hero's journey or the basic plot one one main character supporting characters the something that's been found to be tried and true and done for a long time and still is being done by you know huge huge companies like marvel and in marvel's case they have a whole cinematic universe behind it that they can connect and go back to and you know expand on but there's something about movies that are not following a basic 
one, two, three, a basic inciting incident, rising action, climax, falling action, or they go against it in some way, like in Parasite's ending, or the whole plot of, if I'm not mistaken, Power of the Dog, that's more of a experience rather than, mm. oh, we gotta figure out how to ride these horses or else we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna lose our title. Like, there's no title to be lost. It's more of like an experience. Movies mm-hmm. about experiences and they don't always have good endings that really test what a movie can be. It's gotten a little bit manufactured and it freaks me out. Like, how, how is, like, that analogy I used earlier, you're gonna throw something on a wall and see what sticks like all right shitting in a bucket nomadland let's see if they like it they liked it they liked it all right next up let's do uh, a minor and an adult woman best picture let's fucking go let's fucking go or i totally forgot about the shape of water oh my god i forgot about that movie fucking a fish yeah yeah i forgot Crazy, about that movie too comfortable um but you know what i'm looking at this list and i realized can we go back to 2004 when we gave Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, an Oscar? Can we go back to that? Oh my god, yeah. And can we get some Marvel ones, please? Yeah, what? See, that's what, what I'm happened? saying. That's 2004. Yes, that was 2004, we liked it. In 2004, there was something about that hero's journey. See, that's what I mean. We have, granted, I love Parasite. I'm just using it as an example. Parasite winning Best Picture versus 2004... Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. There is a shift that happened, and that shift, I think, needs to be analyzed because there's something weird about how it happened. You know, the way that people can try and cater to it, and I think that's strange. You know, movies that are very clearly made to be Oscar bait. Like, people thought that Don't Look Up was going to be Oscar bait. Yeah, just because of the lineup of the cast. Yeah, but I guess I'm only an hour in. But it doesn't seem like it's um, Oscar bait. At least not in... It seems like it has a genuine message to give. There's something... I want to know the why. I want to know the why of why movies were made. And when movies get to the Oscars, and I'm really confused, it just seems like they were nominated because they make people uncomfortable make you think make you think but i'm not believing that it's genuine Mm. like it feels like you just want me to think but you didn't give me enough things to think about you just had someone shit in a bucket that's just an example (laughs) i heard it was a good movie um well i think maybe it's like trying to be anti-gen z like anti-phone and social media is kind of a conversation that they talk about a lot like i remember seeing the god what was that movie the adam driver movie the medieval movie that flopped with like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It flopped. No one wanted to see it. And the director blamed it on Gen Z and blamed it on social media and attention spans being short. The Last Duel? The Last Duel. Thank you. But I think just trying to keep your attention for more than the movie, like just to make you think like instead of just seeing a TikTok for a minute and forgetting about it the next second, I think extending our attention span to a couple weeks after mm-hmm. we're still talking about it. But I think uh, Marvel movies, again, <laughs> we talk about it for a long time. We dissect oh, yeah. it. They make videos. They make merch. They just, like, they make podcasts talking about it. They make YouTube videos. 
like everything they think about it for like same thing with the star wars community mm-hmm. they'll think and talk and, talk and get a phd in yeah. star wars and i think to say that we don't pay attention to it and we don't think about it you know mm-hmm. that's, that's stupid i think that's kind of what they were doing with um power of the dog just kind of to make you think and sit on it and i think it power of the dog really wants you to watch it a second a second time yes does a movie need to be watched two and three times to be considered best picture that's another thing like watchability you have to work really hard yeah should you have to work that's i mean that that's an aspect of what i was trying to say like if i feel like you can watch parasite once you can understand what's going on it doesn't have any complicated plot points or hidden easter eggs that you missed the first time that you need to go back and see why it mattered so much later on yeah, it would just be cool if yeah it would, it would just be yeah. cool but should you have to work hard to watch best picture i feel like that is becoming an increasingly popular aspect of movies that get picked up by the the academy but should you really have to watch a movie two and three times? How watchable should Best Picture be? Like, <laughs> should you really have to watch movies two and three times? No, I don't think so. I mean, in my Gen Z opinion, no. <laughs> but Bro. if you want to, I think that's a good sign. If yeah. you want to watch it again. Which, I'm like, I don't think I'm a proper sample because I can barely watch it once. Like, I, I keep telling myself I want to rewatch movies that I really like, but I never do. The only movies I've really gotten myself to rewatch and fully finish are, like, Dead Poet Society. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> Maybe I've watched La La Land more than once. Uh-huh. That's it. That's the only, At least those are, those are the only movies that come to mind. But... I just shouldn't even start saying how many times I've rewatched movies because I would never leave this chair. Get to it. I can't. Like, it's just so many. I don't know. I love rewatching things. Um, Rom-coms. Watched all my favorite ones a million times. Really? A countless amount of times. Dark Knight. Countless amount of times. Even the other two, the ones before and the one after it, a million times. Marvel movies. Front to back, side to side, up and down, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, <laughs> all day, every day. Um, just seen them a million times. Pixar movies, seen them a million times. We watch them often. Uh, Parasite, I saw like four times. Um, uh, yeah, see, I'm never leaving this chair. Like I can't. I love rewatching. But I think that's you know, that's what? very different about us. I usually don't rewatch. Whatever wins best picture, I usually don't. Uh, ooh, starting a, what year? Starting what year do you not really rewatch best picture winners? None of them. I don't think I've ever rewatched any of them except Parasite. Mm. But I only rewatched Parasite not for my enjoyment, but to show it to. You. I saw it once. I showed it to you. I showed it to. Mm. Um. Oh God, who did I show it to? I showed it to my family, and then I think, God, what was the fourth time? I don't know. Like, that's one thing that's very different about the both of us when it comes to our media consumption <laughs> and how often we're willing to rewatch things. I guess for me, it's about finding the time. Yeah, we agree on uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, Pride and Prejudice. And Spider-Verse. I've seen I love Jane Austen, time. yeah. I love Jane Austen's books and the adaptations of it mm-hmm. to film and to TV. Oh, Sense and Sensibility, I think, what is it, 2008? I need to rewatch that. I've never seen that. It 
Sense and Sensibility is my favorite Jane Austen novel. Uh-huh. I watched it in my old apartment last year, rainy day. Ooh. I reached enlightenment. <laughs> I I figured out what mattered in life. Yeah. That well, is you what... know what? Pride and Prejudice. I don't know if you've ever tried putting it on while you're doing some homework. Something about the the the, the pacing of everything and the speed that they're talking and the the pacing of the music or the tempo of the music. Mhm. It'll keep you going. That's so true. Well, because the soundtrack, if you just play the soundtrack itself instead of the movie, bitch, they need to get a husband. You need to write your essay. They have places to go, things to see, rings to put on fingers. (laughs) They gotta go. It's great. There's no other... I don't think there's any other way to say it. Would that be your pick for that year? I don't know many other movies that came out in 2005. I don't know if this dates us, but I was three in 2005. Oh. 2005 Oscars. Um, best movie. Best movie. Oh, Jamie Foxx got his Oscar that year. Okay. Best picture was Million Dollar Baby. Oh, okay. But... Spider-Man 2 won Best Visual Effects. There's your little... It's not oh. Marvel at that point, but... Still Sony, but there you go. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was 2005. That would give Pride and Prejudice a run for its money in my mind. Oh, The Incredibles was 2005? Nah. Okay. My top three movies for 2005. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> the Incredibles. And... Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. (laughs) And that is all you need. But I I think it's just interesting. I guess to wrap up. This probably probably has to be a two-parter. Yeah, this probably has to be a two-parter. To wrap up where we are now, the fact that we place um, critical acclaim in the hands of 9,000 people is equally interesting and terrifying. Well... There's a lot of people talking about how it's mostly white men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is interesting. The, f- the formulas that are shown to get you nominated for these award shows has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see how movies get there and what movies get there, what kinds of movies. It's interesting to see how they're even made nowadays with show like shows like Euphoria like what the content of TV shows and movies are now but and I love what? discussing it with you I think um all this Oscar talk I really just wish Succession could get an Oscar oh <laughs> my god just, above all else everything else above everything I just really like Succession <laughs> And I think, as a whole, it's better than everything I saw this year. The, That's I feel why like I, I think I'm just going to watch the Emmys. Perfect. Yeah. I'll watch the Emmys, too. Shoot, when are they? That's a good question. I don't know. Oh. Are the nominations I, for no, the Emmys out? I don't think so. I don't even look at the nominations because I know what's going to be there. Succession, baby. I need to start Succession. There's a lot of TV shows I need to start, a lot of movies I need you to know, watch. You talked a lot about like the hero arc and like old storytelling 
Succession is very Shakespearean. Ooh. Very, very, very Shakespearean. Oh, like, I love literally Shakespeare. Literally, the guy who plays Kendall is like, I'm playing Hamlet. Like, <laughs> That just gave me a heartbeat outside of my heart. He's Hamlet? <laughs> yeah, he just plays it like he plays Hamlet. It Well, it came out in his, like, hit piece. Like, that really controversial article, I think, is where that quote came from Mm -hmm. but i think he uh yeah he's just playing hamlet and it's very very shakespearean especially the logan roy character the father character and i think i'm just i'm honestly i'm going on a rant now but i'm just a lot of them have their own sort of shakespearean look down like the look on your face of pure heartbreak and anguish acting all of them have that look down even cousin greg (laughs) cousin greg wait is that the one that you showed me yeah really tall boy yes even cousin greg has this like this moment at the end of this last season that's just so shakespearean to me who needs a soul right just very yeah if you take anything from this podcast is that i honestly don't give a shit I just really like Succession. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, really. Succession. Succession. I like Ted Lasso. I like TV more. We can do a TV episode. We just basically had a movie episode. Yeah, next is TV. Uh, I just like TV a lot more. I mean, we focus on Euphoria a little bit, but that's just one show, and basically, God, it feels like one long movie, the way we're focusing on... Part one can be Euphoria, part two is movies. Part two is movies, and then we need a whole other episode purely just for TV and episodic shows. I just think there's a lot to be said, and there's a lot more to watch. Um, If you don't have an HBO account and you're stealing someone's to watch Euphoria... Like me. you're (laughs) You're missing out on other shows. And you should definitely be watching Succession, Righteous Gemstones, you know, the new things that are coming out. Just, I personally like television, but I will not be watching Euphoria. Mm. There will always be more to talk about with TV. I think I like that about TV. As long as there's still a new season coming out or, you know, new episodes for a current season still coming out, there are always new things to talk about. And I like that about TV. But I think, God, I think we've, We've given you guys enough for today, is that right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've given you enough to think about. Start thinking about the hero's journey. And if your favorite movie sucks. And then read Hamlet. Oh, I'll read it with y'all. I, I'll reread Hamlet. I need to start reading books. Oh, we need to talk about books because you're a book girl now. Yeah, I picked up books after a really long reading hiatus. Let's go for it. Things were just never the same after the dystopian YA novel stopped, you know? Mm, yeah. So I just dropped the ball, but I picked it back up. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. You committed to that real quick. I did. I'm I'm a serial committer. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> that is something else that is different we between us. Let's have a commitment episode. That's next. Coming up. Coming up. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast this episode and this podcast series as a whole and we'll be back soon hopefully it's less than yeah. a year the next time if you time liked we're back. it come back if you hated it you know send me a hate dm i'll just ignore it i might read it i might like accept the request so you'll see that i accepted it and then just not say anything yeah yeah i've been known to do that <laughs> 
I've been known to do that. I've been known to leave like seven Instagram DM notifications for like three years. Let's look at that. Let's, let's, <laughs> I want to turn this off so I can go look at that. Okay. All right. Well, we will see you guys the next time we see you. Thank you so much for listening in. And we'll talk to you next time. And we'll probably be talking about most of the same things because I think we opened a can of worms. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. You have anything to say? No. Okay. Bert, yeah, we, <laughs> we said enough <laughs> here. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time next year next year honestly <laughs> see you guys in 2023 bye, bye.